What's up, guys? I'm Jax Hollow. You're listening to The Hook by Jay Scott. Good evening to you. It is Jay Scott. It is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for stopping by. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find all music-related podcasts on their platform. It's a great uh, platform to check out. It's got different types of genres covered throughout different types of podcasts. You can find them at PantheonPodcast.com, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Pantheon Pods. You can find The Hook Rocks on all three of those platforms. Just search up The Hook Rocks and find us on all podcast platforms. We've had some great episodes recently. We had Stephen Piercy celebrating our three-year anniversary. We had The Warning on a new music spotlight, as well as some bands like Bourbon House, The Ravagers, and Sam Bam Colton, the guitar player for Dorothy. So check out all those and more. Set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episodes. We have a, another fantastic episode for you today. Uh, it's an artist that I've been wanting to talk to for a while, and I'm happy to finally have the opportunity to get to know her a little bit. She's got a new album coming out, and it is singer, guitar player, Orianti. How are you doing? What's going on? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you again for doing this. I appreciate it. Excited for the new album. Had a chance to listen to it. Sounds fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I had so much fun making it with my friend Jacob Bunton. He's a he's a dear friend for many years, and uh, we made it in thirteen days. The whole thing. So got in there, wrote a song a day, and it was kind of a challenge. I sort of put upon us both, and I'm like, "Hey, Jacob, let's make a whole album in thirteen days." And he's like, "Okay," <laughs> and we got in there, and I mean, you know, the the cool thing about uh, I said this before, like making records with your friends is that you don't have your guard up. So it's really easy to sort of just put everything on the table and say, this is what I'm going through emotionally. So lyrically, it's not weird. You don't hold back. And then musically, we're both guitar players. So we just, you know, pick up our guitars and start rocking out with riffs and go back and forth and whatnot. So the experience was fun. It was fast. And I hope people enjoy it. I think they will. And we're going to get into it. I just wanted to ask you the question we always ask every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast, and that's really what the show is all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, 
a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll? What was it for you? Uh, there were actually two moments. So my dad, being a guitar player, had an you know, amazing vinyl collection growing up. So <clears throat> I had like Jimi Hendrix, Band of Gypsies, and I also had a Braxis, Palace Santana. So I got to tell you, though, Carlos, for me, when he played Europa, that was a moment that like hooked me for, for life playing guitar, for sure. And where did it lead to? What were some other influences? When did you want to begin performing? When I was like six years old. So, um, I mean, when it came to electric guitar, it was definitely Carl Santana. When it came to music in general, uh, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, Roy Orbison. Um, my dad would play that a lot and I would grab his 125 Gibson, which was left-handed at the time. And I'd be like strumming along to Elvis Presley. And that's it was my first kind of, you know, obsession with music. And I wrote my first song when I was six years old. And uh, I was kind of an attention whore from six onwards. <laughs> well, as far as writing lyrics, as we talk about with the present album, you mentioned making records with your friends helps you leave your guard down with what you're dealing with emotionally. When you write, is it personal? Is it observation? Are you trying to tell a story? Where do you get your inspiration for lyrics? Oh, it's pretty much what I've gone through. You know, I don't hold back lyrically. Like if I go through a heartbreak relationship or something's messed up or whatever, I put it all in there. You know, even things that are said like word for word, I I don't hold back lyrically because I feel like music is is honest. It should be honest, you know, and that's what. Um, not only heals yourself and able to when you're able to like create it, but also with other people when they hear it, they're going through a similar thing that could comfort them or help them. So music's done that for me. And you know, you sort of feel like a servant when you become a musician, like, you know, when you create, it's like when I got messages with my first record, Believe, like Courage and a few songs like that. And uh according to you, whatever it was, like people will this helped me through a really difficult time in my life. And that meant a lot to me, and so I never hold back with lyrics or anything. When you deal with those experiences through writing, and you have to revisit them, and you mentioned heartbreak, it could be another situation, happy, sad, um, whatever the case is, how do you get to, to those emotions again, and how do you navigate through that by reliving that experience? Um, it's definitely tough for sure. And I, and I, you know, it's funny that you should say that because I was thinking about the other day, I was talking to my friend, it's like when we're like manifesting a future and all this stuff as musicians, especially when you play the blues, especially when you play a heartbreak song, you're singing about a past experience, right? That isn't positive. That's something that's bringing up some emotions within you that don't serve you well. Right. But you kind of want to do that at the same time to help other people that are going through at that present moment. But yeah, it's a strange thing. Um, I mean, I'm a pretty emotional person. So, yeah, when I do sing those songs, they do take me back to that place and I just quickly step out of it, you know, and then you play a happier song or something else. So by the end of the concert, kind of go through those emotions together, you know, and I think that's what it's all about, taking people on a journey, um, musically, emotionally, everything. So, um, but it is it is tough sometimes you sing a song and you're like, oh, I was going through that again, for sure. Absolutely. You mentioned that. You mentioned that music has the power to remedy heartbreak or be therapeutic. 
writing the song has to be therapeutic as well. And the farther you're removed from a situation, does that give you clarity sometimes? Does it give you a different perspective? Yeah. I mean, time, as I said, like is a big healer. And, and as you sort of like, you know, go on to different experiences and different things that you do for sure. I mean, and yeah, I mean, I think that said like music is a healing thing. And when you're writing the song by the end of it, you go, okay, it's like a therapy session. (laughs) It's like you sit there with a producer or another writer and you sort of bounce off each other. And it's kind of like going to a, as I said, like a therapy session or something or meeting with your spiritual healer or your friend, you know, and chatting about it. And it's good sort of get it out and put it in, make art out of it, you know? And you, you know, once you write it and perform it and it's out for people to listen to, it becomes theirs, right? It becomes the listener's song. It becomes how they interpret it. It's no longer just you, just your emotion. It reflects and connects with other people. And yeah. that's got it. That's a very powerful thing for a songwriter, for a performer. How do you, when you people connect with the song, maybe differently than what you intended? Are you okay with that? Is it really up to them how they want it? How do you feel about that? Oh yeah, if they connect to it on any level or whatever it is and it helps them or they make them feel a certain way, happy, obviously that's something you want. Uh, you don't want your songs to make people depressed. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, for me, for sure. I mean, someone comes up, like yesterday I was playing in Vegas. I played the, the halftime show over there for the Raiders and uh, a couple of people came up and they said, according to you, still my jam after like 12 years. And I was like, all right, I got to write another song. But I, I was like, you know, that meant a lot. They're like, we still play that. that. That helped us through some tough times. And to hear that meant so much, you know. And, um, you know, some people found it to be like an empowering song to leave their partners. Others found it going through a breakup that it w- was really empowering. So, it, you know, it kind of, yeah, everyone, as you said, has a different, um, you know, kind of view on it, on your songs. but um and how they how it helps them but if it helps anybody that's that's amazing and that's what you create for the new album rock candy is out october 14th that's next week and you mentioned that you wrote this album in in 13 days was that the intention was that the approach from the beginning or was it something that was organic and that it just happened that way um, it was just something that sort of happened that way. Like my personality's kind of like that. Like I'm like, hey, let's do this. And I sort of set sort of challenges or things. Um, cause sometimes when you give yourself too much time, it's bad, you know, for me anyway. I need to be sort of under pressure to get something good happening. Um, otherwise, you know, I sort of like overthink or overanalyze. And this, I wanted this record to be in the present moment, not not overthought, kind of something that, especially like with Jacob and I, the way we write is really fast. So we've written together over the years. And I thought, you know, let's just set this kind of time frame for us. And he worked his ass off. I mean, he played quite a few different instruments on it, like violin and programmed it and everything, and then played guitar and bass. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it was intentional, you know, Um from when I just sort of called Jake and said, hey, do you want to do it? He said, absolutely. And I, I feel very grateful that he did, for sure. Being that this is your, your your new studio album, 
having such a quick process, sometimes you, know, you kind of get out to the edge of things and it's an exciting place to be, but there also has to be a sense of worry too, you know, working quickly like that. Is there ever a sense of, you know, do I need to slow it down? Is there a sense of comfort in working fast? How is that process for you? Yeah, I think, you know, because of some projects in the past taking a bit longer than I wanted, it's kind of making up for lost time for me because I have so much stuff I just want to put out. So I'm working on other two albums right now. So they're going to come out next year. But um, actually three albums. So a blues record, instrumental record, and a like kind of rock blues record. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff for sure. I mean, it never stopped. And for me, it's just like you never know how long you have on this planet. You never know what's going to happen. I have all this music I want to create. I'm excited about it. So I say, why not, right? <laughs> it's like if you get the right team and the right people around, the right musicians, and everything has, has to sort of fall into place because if you have the wrong producer, you have the wrong situation, then it can take years and years, right, to create something because you're just not happy with the sounds. When it flows and it's just fast and it like with Jacob or Marty, Dave Stewart, and that it's like it kind of feels like it's kind of you're right on on, on the you're on the right path, you know. For me, anyway, it, um, things that sort of take a bit extra time, you know, that's cool and all, but I become very like OCD about things too. Like I can overanalyze guitar tones to solos to playing, you know, way too many guitar solos, and then the producer's like, "No, we've got," the you know. But I think it's just cool when you 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 have a vision you have the enthusiasm for it, you kind of can picture it like a piece of art, you know, like a canvas, and you know kind of what you're going for. That's the really cool thing, and especially when you're on a journey with the right producer, kind of guider, I would call them, because I need someone like that, the good mirror, you know, um, to sort of help me through it, the process. Your music has the ability to really kind of cross genres by integrating or integrating different styles of music within your songs i mean it's obviously it's very rock based but it has a pop sense it has blues in it it has a lot of different things as you've grown as an artist and as you've evolved as an artist is this something that is becoming more and more part of you in terms of making music organically and integrating all these elements of music that you enjoy that influence you yeah you know i've never been a well, fan of like kind of saying you know that genre like I like that country music it's like I like that song or I like you know that made me feel a certain way I don't mind if it's jazz if it's if you listen to culture and if you listen to you know Keith Urban or you listen to Santana or Jimi Hendrix or B.B. King right it doesn't matter or Harry Styles if it makes you feel a certain way and the song comes across emotionally and it affects you then it's just a really good song and I've never been like that but people are like oh you're you're really country that sounds like a country song that sounds like blues I'm just going yeah it's kind of a mix of things and I'm a big country fan for sure like I love country music I love jazz I love all different genres so it's just I don't know it's weird um you know when I say I'm going to make a blues record too it's because when I played the songs for people they're like oh that sounds very bluesy (laughs) you know um but you know I think it just is what it is right it's like when it comes to how it connects with you, you don't really think about, oh, that's a country song or that's, you know, a certain thing. 
It's just that's a really good song. Well, that makes me feel a certain way. By doing that, by having that perspective, do you feel that that really pushes your evolution as an artist? Um, yeah, because you're not closed in. Like, there's no kind of barriers around it. You know what I mean? If you're just open-minded and create, like, you know, when you listen to someone like Santana, he's like Latino, then you got the then you got the blues, and you got the rock, and you got the jazz and the fusion, right? And it's all together. But it's his sound, right? And he could play country, he could play with anybody from Stapleton, and it's still a very unique sounding, worldly sounding uh, guitar tone and just music and everything he brings to the table. And same with Hendrix too. I mean, he brought different kind of fusion of things and Prince and everyone that I really admire. It's always a combination of styles. As you get closer to the album being released, are there any tour dates? Is it going to be something that you're going to be performing live? When can your fans expect that? Yeah, we're putting together a tour right now after next year. I'm very excited. Going to Australia, um, and then we're going to Asia, going to Europe as well, uh, possibly Brazil as well. I'd love to go over there. A lot of people have been writing. Um, we're going to try to figure it all out. It's been a minute since I've really put together a proper sort of tour or like lots of festival dates and all that kind of stuff. But next year is the year, and I've got a, I've got a whole new team around me now, new manager, new agent, everybody, and, and uh, they're just good people, and I'm really excited about the, the new path and all that so can't wait you know not being able to tour or play live over the past couple of years you know getting back into that grind is is that something because i've talked to other artists is that something that you missed or is it something that you kind of got comfortable kind of being away from that and now you kind of got to get yourself your mind right in order to tour because it's a totally different you know animal in terms of doing that what's that like for you yeah, you know, the excitement of a show, kind of living for the shows and all that, and you get a kind of a day sheet under your door, you know what you're doing for the day. That's, that's cool for me. I like that. You know, I don't mind it. I mean, it's kind of a thing where I sort of feel like there's a lot of structure. When when you're at home and you're doing like doing that press with record and then flying up to Nashville next week, playing halftime show, and then going off and playing a show with Billy Gibbons, and then we've got a show coming up. Um, the Plaza Theatre out here with Alice Cooper and then there's so much stuff that happens it's kind of random but when you have a set tour it's kind of like you know what's going on right you wake up bus you know do your press get to sound check play the show next city kind of thing unless something happens but you know it's kind of that lifestyle is I mean if you do it for too long you can go a bit mad but it depends on the company too right so you have a good band with you your family you feel surrounded taken care of and then you just do your job and that's to put on a good show and um as I said I love it I mean you know it's good to have a break in between obviously no burnout but I've been touring a lot on and off um 17 years out here so Orianthi it's been a great conversation and a pleasure to have you on the show thank you thank you for your time thank you for your support Absolutely. Great, good luck with good luck with the new album. Thank you so much. Thank you. That new album is Rock Candy. That's out next Friday, October 14th on Frontier Records. It'll be able physically, you can order it through Frontier Records, and you can also stream it on any streaming platform. Go check it out. It's a great album. It's got all different elements of music, primarily rock, but 
There's a lot of other different things on there. Pretty, that's pretty cool, and it's integrated pretty awesomely. So, give it a listen. I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you soon. So long, I wanna live right here, right now. Does it feel good? Does it feel good? Does it feel good, baby? Let's drive into something sweet. I can see we got the burning lead. No stop signs up ahead. Let's live a little on the edge. Does it feel good? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.